your beard and grab him a coat. We bout to sit for an hour bullshit and tell jokes. And please don't mix it up, cause he done sobered up. Brandon T. Comedy on your social media feeds. And Brandon Tess, see if it's your ex drinking buddy. Brandon Tess, see if it's your ex drinking buddy. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of Brennan Tassif is your ex-drinking buddy. I'm your host, Brennan Tassif. Format of the show, if you're new to the show, <clears throat> I'm sober now, but one of my favorite things to do when I was drinking was be a good drinking buddy. Share stories, goals, dreams, things like that. And I still enjoy doing that from time to time. I'm going to have a guest on normally. This week is no exception. I am joined by the godfather of Daytona comedy, one of the funniest people I know, Mr. Zach Bennett. What's going on, man? Hello. That is quite an intro to live up to. <laughs> I don't care for it. Should I be talking louder? I see that this is nice to be able to see the levels while we talk. Yeah, absolutely. This is forcing me to not like mumble. I'm like, I have to match your spikes. Yes. Ha! Oh, that too much. See? <laughs> All right. All right. We're pulling back. <laughs> so, Zach, go ahead. Promote anything you want to promote. Plug anything you want to plug. Tell the listeners little bit about yourself uh well a lot of people have been asking me how's comedy and to that i say uh manual labor's going great (laughs) comedy's all but dead right now um for you because you started that show at the nog and they took it over but you're not you're not doing it well i told them I mean, it was with my blessing. It wasn't like, oh, you okay. know, yeah. I thought they, <laughs> they were just like, we're taking this. No, they still wanted to do shows, and I didn't feel like it was a good idea, but I'm not going to tell them what, the, it's Daytona, what are you going to, you know, like, <laughs> if they if they couldn't have done it at the Nog, they would have just done it in a fucking alley or something, so it doesn't matter. But, uh, yeah, so they're still doing shows at Tear the Dog Irish Pub, whether or not you feel comfortable going out to a show or not, you know, you should still go out there, grab In beautiful beer. Daytona Beach, right there on yeah, International Speedway Boulevard. Beautiful Daytona Beach, if you're ever there for for some reason, like drugs or to identify a body, just <laughs> stop by the Nog and have a drink and uh, shows every Wednesday. And then they do occasional weekend shows, uh, socially distanced with masks. Just kidding. Uh, almost certainly not. I was going to say in Jacksonville, we're actually taking efforts to do outside socially yep. distanced masks. And then I saw pictures from the Nog and I no. was like, oh, they don't give a fuck. No, no. And that's why I haven't. I'm not being unreasonable for not wanting to be like if you're someone who feels like you should be taking precautions. Yeah. Then the Nog would not be the place for you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, for sure. It's if you don't, if you're someone who doesn't give a fuck, then, you know, you can go not give a fuck there. It's fine. Absolutely. But, tell everybody. Uh, I was going to say, tell everybody about your uh, what you got going on with the Maculate Trash. Yes, I've uh, started a t-shirt company that I don't have money for. It's great. <laughs> uh, if you want something, don't buy it. Uh, I'm kidding. <laughs> I love them. I've got four now. Damn. I've yeah. got two hoodies. I've got the Last Laugh hoodie, which whenever I wear it out, people always go, people who know I do comedy, I always go, oh, is that like a show? That I go, yeah, it's a show in Daytona that we do. And now I've got the ones you just brought me, which I'm super excited to wear. Yeah, see that if any of our friends are listening to this, be a better friend. See, Brennan. As soon as you put the post out, I always jump on it. He's got he got a shirt and a hoodie. The last laugh. He got a shirt and a hoodie of immaculate trash from the low and the logo, not just one of the designs. The actual logo to promote the brand. Be a better friend and buy things. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding, but yeah, uh, immaculatetrash.com. I think we only have hoodies up right now because we're getting new stuff for the shirts. 
But um, yeah, you can get hoodies, and then of course you know we do customs and all that stuff. So okay, check that out. Um, and then besides that, you know, I'm probably you know probably by the summer I'll be back on stage, maybe sooner. It just depends on how quickly things. Uh, Are you waiting around. for the vaccine and everything? I'm waiting for the overthrow of the government by QAnon supporters. I, that's what I'm waiting on. I'm waiting for the government to be taken over by people who think that JFK Jr. is still alive and that he is going to be Donald Trump. He's in a bunker. Mate. Yes, he's in a. He's a, inexplicably he's in a bunker, and 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 nothing screams uh, Kennedy like. Uh, uh, fascist conservatism <laughs> so he's in a bunker and he's waiting to to be donald trump's vice president and so that'll be exciting that's what i'm looking forward to because the free speech except for the stuff they don't like yeah. is what we'll have so we can finally get back to comedy <laughs> fucking i hate everything so i much. know fuck everybody <laughs> And this is the worst part about this is that is that after this you're not going to be able to do conspiracy anything. It's going to like like as a joke to just question things. It's just going to be like well QAnon and then it's, yeah. For anybody who doesn't know, they overran the Capitol also inexplicably. Anyway, yeah, that just happened. Sorry, it's just been on my mind like all day. I just, I just oh really? To it. The, the Capitol being overrun has been on your mind. There's like all these articles coming out, like like uh, the 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 governor. Uh, of You're the, looking at me like I know. I'm completely disconnected from the news. Oh, it's incredible that like, I didn't actually know what was happening until my girlfriend texted me and she was like, "Hey, turn on the news." Yeah, because I the listeners know this, but as someone who studied politics and history and all that kind of stuff, I you just get so like. Like everybody thinks they're right. Nobody wants to agree. And then everyone just wants they ask you your opinion just to reinforce their own. Daisy and I, because we both study political science. We talked about this at nauseum on, on her show. But it's just everyone just wants you to reinforce what they think. Right. So once I graduated, I like disconnected from all of that. Yeah. Like I don't even talk to my family members about po- even if I agree with them. I'm like, I don't even want to. So I didn't even know the Capitol thing was happening until my mm. girlfriend texted me. And I was like, wait, what is happening? Yeah. Well, I mean, we and, and yeah, most people are, are not, um, most people don't know, first of all, nuance in general is just yeah, dead, yeah. but, uh, but which, which politics has an incredible amount of nuance to it. And, Absolutely. And that's why you have people out there like, like hanging nooses on the front lawn of Congress to be like, this is for you. And you're like, <laughs> okay, well, this isn't how it's done. You this is, yeah. Fuckers. Anyway, but, um, but yeah, so. What are these articles about? So there's a couple articles that came out with uh, like national security, uh, like people who specialize in uh, security around. Do we got to wait on that? Okay. No, 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 go ahead. I'll um, mute it out. Okay. But it's uh, security for you know, like Capitol buildings, that yeah, sort of, yeah. but, but like in other countries, yeah, yeah. they train with uh, U.S. forces. Like they do like uh, co-training and stuff like yeah, that, yeah. To, like share tactics. That happens all the time, yeah. A bunch of them are saying like, there's like, they're like, there's no way that that was just like allowed to, or wasn't just like allowed to happen. Or like, there's no protocols would ever allow for that to happen without someone allowing it to be the case. Yeah, so yeah. basically like, like someone made sure that there wasn't enough security. There's no way there would be like, a hundred thousand people down the street and everybody be like, nah, just have like seven security guards at the, yeah. And <laughs> like, see, that's, that's the thing when I was watching it, it, yeah. it, it kind of blew my mind. Cause I was like, there's no, there's no way that, cause like you said, like there's, especially after nine 11, like you can't, you can't get into a stadium without going through like four levels of security. Right. 
let alone the cap. I I don't know. And then and then also uh, the the governor of Maryland said that they had uh, they had mobilized. Um, I saw that national yeah. guardsmen, and then they were denied. With the report saying that that people were overrunning the Capitol, and they were denied three times before Mike Pence, I think, is who finally got the ball rolling on it. But like they wouldn't release the National Guardsmen. Oh, really? Because DOD is in charge of it, and he yeah, just yeah, yeah. and he just so Trump just purged most of the DOD. Well, that's what I was going to say, and he's yeah. also in charge of all of that. Yeah, and for anybody listening, I'm not one of these um, people that's. Yes, like, he is. Don't listen to him. No, for real. I I I think that that Trump is an opportunist. I don't think that he's in any sense of the. I yeah. don't think he's like Satan or anything like that. I think he's just a huckster. He's like you know. He's, yeah, he's a grifter. I yeah. mean, he's and he's really good at it. Yeah, Tim Dillon said it best. He said he's a fucking riverboat casino captain. Yeah, that like <laughs> that like found his way, you know, lied his way into a place. I but love like, Tim Dillon. God, he's he's really the best. Did you see? Uh, we're gonna turn this into a podcast talking about other podcasts but did you see his rant on the airbnb thing i've seen listen to me when i say this anything he's ever said i've seen that <laughs> when you pulled up i was listening to him on Kump's show his, oh really his old co-host he, well and then he had the uh um that guy with the horns and stuff you mm. saw that <laughs> yeah him, the, to him the next day so he's good. like i'm an actor i'm a singer <laughs> yeah. nobody wants to talk about that <laughs> um anyway yeah so sorry we'll, we'll, we'll we were, yeah, yeah we were okay let's yeah we're time stamping this episode real bad uh, <laughs> in a year from now when people are catching up on this show they're gonna be like what i think most people will remember when the capital got yeah, overrun probably. by people saying q sent me well and it's so weird too because uh, this and I've talked about this before, but when everything first happened with the pandemic, I, my girlfriend was really worried because we were supposed to move to New York and everything. And like we were supposed to move in April. like yeah. We had everything set up. And she's like, I think they're going to shut everything down. And I me being the pretentious asshole that I am, I'm like, babe, listen, <laughs> I studied this in college. This is what my degrees are in. They're not going to shut it down. They've never shut it down. They're not. And then it, everything got shut down. And I was like. Oh boy, like I guess they're just gonna do that then. And then same thing. It's like it's like that scene in Men in Black where he's like, it's always the end of the world. Like people always think the world is ending. And I'm still sitting here like people say this all the time, it's fine. And then right. she's like, turn on the news, and I'm like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> yeah. It's the end the of best, the world. The best meme about all that was the uh the thing with um Ron Burgundy saying, "Well, that escalated yeah. quickly, and then on the bottom, on the bottom over, yeah, over the course Daisy's of four years, I saw that. Yeah, but it's so true. We like, saw it all know. coming. This has been happening slowly for four years. Anyway, let's do. Let's uh, let's let's divert. Yeah, well, let's, yes, sorry, we we'll get we're gonna get out of politics. Yeah. Well, it's funny because I have some listeners that have emailed me, and they're like, all you do is talk about comedy on the show. It's always comedy." And then when I talk about other things, people are like, hey, get off of politics. Why are you talking about? And I'm like, I can't fucking win with you people. Yeah. People but I love you all so very much. Listen, if, if you don't like any of what I said, suck my fucking dick. Find yeah. me somewhere and suck my dick. I'm kidding. Don't touch me, please. I don't <laughs> care for it. <laughs> so let's get into it. You've been doing yeah. comedy. You 10 years Yeah, I've been doing comedy for 10 years. This, uh, as with most comics, uh, the the pandemic is the longest in 10 years that I haven't done comedy. I think probably two yeah, or three weeks true. was at most yeah. over, over yeah, the yeah. past 10 years, probably. So it's funny. Cause I've been doing it coming on 11 years now, but three years I took like that big break um, for like three years. So it's weird when people are like, yeah, it's been like three months and I haven't gotten on stage. It's crazy. I'm like, Oh, I went like, yeah, how, how much did you do it before that though? 
But see, that's the thing. Is so like, yeah, that's true. Because I when I start, I started in two thousand nine, and I was doing like open mics every once in a while. Right. That's and not then, really pursuing. Yeah. Like you, exactly. Like you've done now, and then so. when I went to Oklahoma uh, and was living with my cousin, who we talked about last week, he uh, we were getting on stage all the time. But then I was wasted, like doing Arnold impressions and. Like I was trying to do one-liners and stuff, so I do like one setup, but then I tag it with another punchline, and my cousin's like, "What are you, what is happening?" Like, Did Crespo tell you about his one-liners? Oh my god, yeah, oh, he's man. talked about that on this. Some show. of them are it's, actually pretty good. Well, he's he's told me some of them. I'm like, that's not bad. Like that's yeah. that's that's like if you delivered it the way you just told me it, that'd be good. I think he's he's just not a fan of one-liners now. Yeah, you know, but well, especially because once he started telling stories and stuff, that he turned into Crespo. So. Right. Yeah. But when when did you start in Daytona? Are you mm-hmm. originally from here? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So born and raised three eight six. You know it. it used I, to be nine oh four. Oh my god, I remember that. Jacksonville. Yeah, till we took that. Stole it. I guess it was always Jacksonville, right? And they just cut off yeah, 386 because yeah. of the well, I, it was the popul- population group. A while ago, but they changed a bunch of area codes like Sun and Fun and like if you look on the keypad, Ew, that's that's, oh, that's why yeah, that's they right. changed yeah, it. Yeah, that's right. They tried to change the the the, the slogan for Daytona to uh uh, open what it was open fun or something open wide fun or some shit really like, oh dude it was just totally ridiculous everybody there's only been two things that Daytona has hated as a whole together and it's uh, that slogan and truck week um, yeah truck week that, but anyway I, I won't go into that but but uh, but yeah open open wide fun or something like that and everybody was just like what it like like yeah, the world's most famous beach is obviously a fucking joke. Yeah. Well, <laughs> like, now it is. It used to be. Yeah, but even back then it wasn't. Like you know. Well, it's weird because I hear stories about like from my older brother, who's like almost ten years older than me, and like even my parents were like, I guess in the eighties Daytona was a spot. Yeah. Like they used to do the MTV thing here. Right. And all that until the Red Hot Chili Peppers allegedly assaulted a person well it really it was eminem was the big was it when, when I, I don't know i wasn't i was always a nerd and he, i always stayed in my room when i was a kid so i didn't really he well he did everything they asked he didn't he he didn't curse because they said they were going to do live uh feeds and everything live, yeah of uh you know straight to mtv doing it what live year was and everything. This? that was like 2002 i think maybe. okay but uh maybe 2001 i forget but yeah um yeah, he had it, it. It didn't matter. Like he he changed the cursing and all that, but it just became like. To I think the combination of they always had a problem with having hip hop here because of the racist roots in Daytona. Yeah. But like, but uh, having all the uh, crazy white boy Eminem fan fans base come yeah. out uh, that makes sense. Along with that, they were like, they they probably were just mad about race trading. I don't know. <laughs> but, no, but yeah. So that was that was the big. Yeah, because they don't do. They don't do any MTV stuff here anymore. I know the no. last time BET was here was like in 06. Yeah, they they pushed out Black Spring Break because of uh, and Black Holiday Union because of again, uh, not not to say there weren't problems, but it, the it, it's the same old story. Like the the white kids were problematic. They were like, oh, they party too hard, and then the black kids are like, well, they all commit all these crimes and it's like well it's all in how you frame that story yeah exactly I mean? well because they still have bike week yeah and bike week and biketoberfest are the two yeah more people die during bike week yeah and biketoberfest than any other event but they always they'll they'll say like oh well some people got robbed on black spring break you're like oh 
And uh, what happened to those? What happened with the what triple homicide? Those, yeah, what happened to those middle-aged white people that crashed head-on into a semi because they yeah. were drunk? And they always put, that's what I hate about it. They're always like, watch for bikes. I'm like, you don't, <laughs> come watch these bikes. See what they do. Yeah. So, you know, like, yes, you should watch for motorcycles. But also, hey, motorcycles, stop swerving out of cars. I yeah. should hit you. Fuck you. <laughs> anyway. Um, what is that really? He's talking about bicycles, but Tom Zagur is like, if I get angry, we're talking about involuntary manslaughter. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, what, what... So the original question was: we, We're both from Daytona, and you you obviously are more rooted in the city than I am. So that's why I keep I keep getting off track. Tragically. But you, <laughs> but you, um, so when you started comedy, did you? How did that happen? Because I grew up here. I lived here my whole life. I've been a fan of comedy since I was like six years old, and never in my wildest dream did I think, "Oh, I'll do comedy in Daytona." You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I started in South Florida when I was at college because there was a scene down there. And then I, you know, when I went to Oklahoma, it was under the guise because my cousin was like, oh, we've got a little scene here. But I never thought that there was a scene in Daytona until I got back into comedy and everyone's like, yeah, Zach's show in Daytona. And I was like, wait, what? And so I'm curious as to did you just start doing it or did you find was it happening before you started or how did that work? So in so there really wasn't comedy in Daytona outside of, uh, I mean, I don't remember what year bonkers came in, but I think they'd been here for a while, like late two thousands, maybe even earlier. Okay. But there really wasn't a comedy scene. Um, there was, uh, there was uh, scratch who's still around. He was a, you know, DJ, um, uh, radio station dj um not club dj um but yeah he you know he was he was a part of that old guard of guys that um that there there really wasn't a lot of people doing comedy so if you were if you were anybody who was like in entertainment you know they they'd kind of reach out to you and be like hey do you know do you want to try and okay do this thing or that thing uh I, i don't know how he got his start exactly but i know that he left in 09 and uh none of us ever really saw his stuff or anything like that we yeah. saw him when he would come he went to vegas and then uh, i ended up uh doing a guest spot for him and that's how like we got to know each other oh, okay when he moved so back. You, it was yeah and then you look back and you're like oh yeah I... right because so, i asked him about it because he he said he he came back and didn't know that there was a scene you yeah. know like and then he asked about doing our show so the way that our show got started was there was a bunch of people that had done theater and improv and stuff and um, our buddy Scott Harrell started the this show. This is the Tiernanog show? Yeah, the Tiernanog okay. show. Uh, Scott Harrell. Um, shout was, out Scott Harrell. Shout out Scott Harrell. was sitting around with Sean Robbins, Daytona comedy manager. Um, <laughs> <laughs> also known as a guy who uh, would drive to shows with us with a pint of black velvet and walk around the block for two hours. Jesus. <laughs> that people legit believe because we would give him our drink tickets. Yeah. People like whenever we did shows because it was like his like little here you can yeah you know, and so people some people legitimately believe that he was like an actual like, oh really yeah that's like, hilarious like dude it's an open mic like why yeah. would i what bring a manager about? to an open mic <laughs> but anyway yeah uh him uh scott harrell sean robbins and uh the owner of turn uh randy and yeah. then um and marty were all sitting around and they were just like man you know we should like try to do something because it used to be on Mondays. Okay. There was just nothing on Mondays. Yeah, yeah. And so we were all back in college then, and it was like, you know, they started that show just as like a one-off, and they were like, oh, went I mean, it was packed. Like, we Was used, it really? Dude, every show for the first two years, minimum 40 people. Get out of here. I swear to God. 
Um, at one point, Sean Robbins, uh, Minas's, uh, shout out Minas Fakradian. Minas. Uh, his dad's, his dad had a restaurant called Medex. It was Mediterranean Experience. And they served pizza to like, there was a nightclub next door. So like, they'd make a shitload of money on the weekends doing yeah. pizza. But they had these little portable ovens. And uh, Is that the one next to Razzles? Yeah. No, no, no. Sorry. Oh, I was going to um, say, I've eaten there before. The it fuck was next to where Coliseum was on Beach Street. Oh, okay. So, um, anyway, so. They Inside would, Daytona talk. <laughs> so they would take the, they had like portable ovens. And so Sean Robbins used to like, they had a deal where they would like bring prep pizzas in these little portable ovens. They would bring them into the Nog. Okay. And they'd make pizzas and sell them and then drink and Yeah. And so it just blew up. Yeah. It was like a huge, uh, fun event. And it was only once a month back then. Okay. So, um, when, you know, once we went so to So you were a part of that starting. Yeah. So well, you are, when I say the godfather of Daytona comedy scene, you I, are. I would say the, that that Scott Harrell is yeah. more so. Okay. But, um, but in 2015, uh, his mom had, had been uh, ill and he needed to kind of... Back off. Well, he yeah, he needed to be... She needed supervision. Yeah, yeah. So he, uh, you know, at first it was I was taking care of the show for him. And then after a while, he said, you know, like, I am i don't know if and when I'd even be able to come back. So I'm going to kind of give this to you. Okay. So and then, of course, in uh, uh, we're going to do a whole inauguration show for Andre. Our buddy Andre is going to be taking over. Yeah. Turn Irish pub. Um, so you're giving so, it to him. Yeah. So like every five years. Okay. Off, you know? what, so when you started, you were just doing the Nog show once a month? Yeah, we were doing Nog show once a month. But I meant and... like you. Like, were you yeah, like, yeah. oh, this is something, comedy is something I want to. Because you've performed all over the country. You headline spots now. And like, you. Yeah, well, so. Like, when... you are a comedian now. And so it's weird <laughs> that you're just kind of like, yeah, we we're doing the show once a month. And now it's like, yeah, now I'm. Yeah, it's a strange. I tour all over. <laughs> it's a strange. Uh, I mean, you way and Brian had, before the pandemic, you guys had like. A run going all the way through the south. We we actually had to cancel. We had another tour set up. But we yeah. had to cancel. Yeah. Um, but that's crazy that you're doing a show at the Nog once a month, and now it's like, oh yeah, it's weird as shit. Yeah. Yeah. I I didn't even do. I came in. I think the third or fourth show. I didn't even do the first couple of shows. Okay. Because I was I was working like three jobs. Uh, I was working at a liquor store, uh, an internet sweepstakes place, <laughs> and I was busing at a restaurant on my days off from the other two. Okay, so so you didn't even you you didn't even have an inkling to like do it. No, I wanted to. I just didn't know how to. I used to like write down jokes here and there, but I would never. I never like. I never had anything fully written out or anything yeah. like that. And then people were just kind of like, hey, man, why aren't you, you know, it's just like, I haven't, and they're like, well, you need to write something. Yeah. And so, yeah. yeah. So I finally did it. And of course, you know, the first time out, I wrote it like a script. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And like, oh, what do you mean first time out? <laughs> I still do that. <laughs> I, I can't do that anymore. No, right? but <laughs> what if I did? That's the one thing when sometimes when these guys are always looking at their phone, I'm like, do you have it? Did you like write the, you got it all like on there? You like the whole script is on there? Like, what are you doing? Yeah. I, 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 I know there's people that there's people who are really good that still do that yeah. and think in that way, write And then they say what they write. Yeah. But I think those people are more writery, you know what I mean? And, and so Autistic, if you're, yeah. if you're, well, if you're a more writery comic, then, then it makes sense that if, 
if you it's like Shakespearean almost, you know, yeah. I and mean? like like it's in prose. I am big content, yeah, yeah. If the crux of what you're saying is based on how you wrote it, then it makes sense to do that. Yeah. Um, but there's also the new beginner thing where you're just like afraid to deviate because yeah. you're not gonna and ooh, or man. you forget that happens too. Yeah. Where yeah. like you you have to have it written out and scripted because if you don't, you'll forget things. But that's more of a as time goes by thing you just kind of slowly you start with a fully written thing and then you get down to like like three sections and then you get down to bullet points yeah and then now yeah because right now if you look at i'm i don't know if you're the same way or not but if you look at my set list it's literally like it'll say like cool mom heroin dick pic you know scar story like it's just boom 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 yeah you go you go from having the lyrics written out to a set list basically exactly Yeah. yeah yeah So you um so you started doing the nog and I know like I said there are some people who listen to the show who always get angry we talk so much about comedy but that's what <laughs> I want to talk about and so suck it uh <laughs> so you start doing it and now are you only doing Tierna nog like when do you get into traveling was there a scene obviously there's a scene in Jacksonville at the time because I got into Jacksonville comedy in 2013 so yeah. I know there's a scene up there so when you like what was the precipice from going from the nog every once in a while to like oh i'm gonna do this well there was um at some point the improv troupe had started um asking because a lot of the people from the improv troupe started the stand-up yeah yeah but there was also other people who came in around that and so we had enough of a kind of eclectic group you know yeah um and then we got once we felt like we had enough people, we started doing other stuff like Cinematique. Yeah, um, that's a fun show. I did yeah, that show. Which, it, nothing like what it is now. Like, oh, really? It, when, when they first did it, it was just like every once in a while they'd be like, hey, we're going to try and do this. And like no one would show up. It was okay. terrible. Um, yeah, because when I went last time, I brought like four or five people maybe, but there it was like pretty full. And I was yeah. like, oh, shit. Oh, it looked nothing like that. There was no lighting. There yeah, was no, yeah, because it, it was like legit. And that, yeah. and I have to thank you because I had just, I was only like not even six months back into doing comedy. And I used to, whenever you'd come into Jacksonville, I would follow you and Marcus around like a little puppy dog. <laughs> And then whenever you'd mention a show, I'd be like, I'm a, you know, if you guys need someone, I'm available. And now looking back on it, I'm like, just shut the fuck up. <laughs> but when I got back into it, I was so like, no, I, I found my calling. Like, you know, I, I've said this before a million times, but when I first got sober, I was like, I'm going to kill myself if I can't find something I'm passionate about. Because I'm not just going to walk around and be sober, like, and work to die. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, I'm not doing that. So my sponsor like was like, well, you love comedy, get back into comedy. And then when I first got back into it, I between you and I, uh, Buck and Christina and Marcus, I would just follow you guys around all the time being like, Hey, shows, are there shows? What shows, what shows are we doing? Hey, you guys got shows. So that cinematique thing, you started that a while ago. Well, yeah. So the, the improv troupe had, had just kind of been doing basically anywhere they would perform the, the second or third time they would do a show there, they would be like, Oh, we need to kind of like mix it up a little bit. Let's yeah. try and bring in some of the stand up people. Okay. So that led us to do shows at like the Moose Lodge, which were <laughs> just, I mean, you just, I used to have this disgusting period joke because I just was new and just yeah. was like, I'm going to be gross. Thinking, that's funny. Yeah. And I just, I, that's the first time I ever went like, oh, like I've learned how to like read a room. Yeah. Like I started it and I could see like the way the joke wound up being is because of me maneuvering around how gross it was. 
with like these old people sitting oh, there looking okay. at me. So I wound up the jokes. The joke. It's not. It's not a period. It's the couch joke. Yeah. That oh, I do, okay, which, okay, okay. which is just a joke about an awkward sexual experience as yeah. opposed to like this thing that used to be. <laughs> I don't even. <laughs> well, I mean, it's totally unrecognizable. But you have a very. I um. For those of you who can't tell, because you are kind of soft spoken on the mic, but you have a very unique style in that you get you get in it uh aggressive and scary as yeah well. i was gonna say aggressive but i didn't know <laughs> how you're gonna take that no yeah that i but i love it because i've had marcus on here a couple times and we talk about like we're both very loud and boisterous aggressive people yeah and like the the stories that you tell and the jokes that you do it's very much like are you getting people's faces and you're like listen to me who do you hate who do you hate yeah i i have a joke where i where i talk about how men don't understand penetration like straight straight white men like a pinky doesn't count and then i would be like like i'd do this thing where i like climb on a table in front of like just the the whatever dude would looks like he'd be the most uncomfortable with it yeah like if i saw a dude like you yeah, you know yeah. What i mean but i didn't know him. oh no yeah i know and i like, climb on the table and i'd say if i just climbed on top of you and so i do it to where i'm like facing down on him yeah and i just start slamming my hand on the table and i'm just like is that good for you did you come and i'm just like it's like to describe to them how scary it must be to have sex with a man <laughs> um, it's so funny too because you're on the mic and you're like yeah and so it, then well, we started coming yeah, well, no, yeah, I know. Yeah. I've, yeah. I've seen two other children <laughs> yeah. you scream. Yeah. So, but yeah, um, my, 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 the, I come from a theater background. Yeah. You know, like a lot of people don't know I have a degree in theater. No, I did. Like, no idea. Yeah, I've like directed plays and like, I. Really? Yeah. Yeah. How have I known you for years and I'm just now finding out about this? I was a bag of shit through most of, uh, I was like skater punk, like, oh, fuck everything yeah. for, for most of middle school and high school. And then uh, around my junior year, I was like, oh, I got about another year of this and then I got to like be a person. That yeah. Was, like kind of freaked me out. I was like, oh, I better like figure something out. Right. And then, hey, might as well pretend for a living. Yeah. I went to school on a, a theater scholarship. Um, you got a scholarship? Yeah, yeah. I never paid for a single day of college except for the math class I had to go back and take to get my degree. Get the fuck out of yeah. here. Yeah. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, breaking news here on your Renatasif <laughs> is your ex-drinking buddy. Yeah, so uh got a theater degree, uh, wound up. No, I, I actually I had the opportunity to take that and uh, uh, go to Florida State and everything, and I just decided, I was like, you know, man, like... I had people who were going to write me recommendations and yeah. there's a pretty good chance I was going to be able to do that. And I had people like willing to fill out the stuff for me to get scholarships, like people like supporting me and believing in me, you know? Oh, wow. But at that point I was like, how old were you at that point? Uh, 22, I yeah, guess, okay. 23, something like that. But yeah, I, I had just gotten to the point where I was just like, I realized that it was just the thing that I was doing because it was fun and like yeah. it was something to to do and be passionate about or whatever. But like, I knew I realized that like, oh, I don't want to do this for a living. Yeah, like I could never imagine me doing that for a living. And when it when that hit me, I was like, oh, <laughs> I need to not do this. So um, I could just imagine you being like with the beret and the scarf. <laughs> do it better. <laughs> yeah, I didn't do that, but I. I acted as well as directing and everything. So, oh, yeah. my God. I can't believe that. Looks, This is, I'm honestly, I'm 
just so happy to learn this about you. Yeah. This is Yeah. Um so anyway, the point is I have a I have a theatrical background. So like and a lot of the people did that came from it was either people who the majority of the people that we started with at the at the Nog shows were just kids who did theater and yeah. or nerds. Um <laughs> Yeah, that's, I, I guess, well, so there was a thing, like, late 2000s where it became, like, more of, like, alternative Yeah, people were doing theater stuff as opposed to just, like... I did theater stuff. I'm not, yeah. yeah. I've, I've, I did, what, The Casements. Is that it? Yeah, The Casements. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I did shows over there. What's up, man? <laughs> don't don't come at me like I don't know anything about it. <laughs> okay, all right. Sorry, dude. No, um, but yeah, so uh, a lot of people with the improv and theater background, so, like, most of what we did, like people actually like wrote and like performed. Like, That's so awesome. Yeah, it wasn't. We had we had no concept of a regular open mic. Like, yeah, like what you see now. Like I can't even imagine starting like that. Just yeah, because like, showing that's up, the, not knowing people. And, that's the cool thing about it, and also the weird thing is because, like, it birthed out of this like natural like, hey, let's just do this, and then you know everyone's kind of involved. Like you said, there's a big group. I mean, you name four people. To start it. It's not like because, you know, in Jacksonville, we have a lot of uh, people who do comedy. I almost said comics. <laughs> we have a lot of people that do comedy that uh, <laughs> they'll go and start shows, places and stuff. And you're kind of like, what's like, like what? Yeah. And they're just like, yeah, I went and talked to a bar owner and I was like, what's your slowest day? Let's do a comedy show. And I'm like, I mean, uh, cool. Like, it's a stage. It's a room. Like, that's awesome. But it's it's weird because it doesn't have that same like the Nog is like an institution now. <laughs> But it is. Yeah. yeah Everybody yeah. knows from <clears throat> open micers to people who move to L.A. and New York and then come back into town to visit all those people. Like a lot of those people do the nog. Sometimes they make fun of it. But it's like, yo, bro, you're fucking here. Like, I don't know what you're talking shit for. Like, you're on the stage. Like, it's a it's much like Daytona stuff. It's a uh, it's I can make fun of it. You can't. Yeah. Mentality, you know, yeah. like like any all the hat comics always get on stage and they'll be like, oh, I was doing this the other day and then now I'm doing this place. And everybody just kind of looks at them like, and yeah. <laughs> like, come on. Yeah, you're yeah, here. Man. You're here for a reason. Let's yeah. do it. But yeah, I that's think that's the shitty thing, too, is sometimes you'll get comic like good comics like people I know that are really funny and then they'll just start making fun of like the dog and I, it's exactly what you're describing. Like we're all sitting in the back like, come on, man, like you got to do some material like you right. can't. Do you know how many times we have this show twice a week? Do you know how many times we've heard this shit? Like, they, get come on. So, they get so used to the club thing yeah. that they're, you know, but, but you know who, you know who doesn't do that shit? Um, uh, fucking Dave Ross. Um, yeah. <clears throat> Dave Ross came through. Um, who else? Um, Casey James Salango. Yeah. Like, um, it was so, I, I was at that show and yeah. then like a few months later, it must've been like six months later. We're watching Cash Cab, just casually watching Cash Cab. Yeah, he's on, Cash Cab. on it. Yeah. I was like, "Hey!" Yeah, right before the pandemic hit, his his episodes of uh, of being on the live at the at the not the strip. What am I thinking of? Uh, live at the at the comedy store when they were doing the. Oh the yeah, show. yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, we've had like like uh, three or four people that have like been on tv like, yeah like come real tour credits. through yeah, yeah, yeah like and then of course like the underground guys touring through and stuff yeah none of those guys ever say any of that yeah because they shit, understand you know? what it is yeah it's it's a stage and a mic and we're gonna do comedy yeah. and then you get those guys that and i'm the most pretentious person i've ever met when it comes to comedy like i'm very you you've talked to me before but i it's weird when i came back into it i was like this is not just a hobby like this is a calling for me now it's like a lifestyle yeah it makes me want to blow my brains out that i even thought that thought but (laughs) 
But it's true. So like when I see guys that leave, guys or girls, I'm just generalizing. But when I see people that leave and then all of a sudden they think like, oh, I live in L.A. now or I live in New York and I'm too good for the Nog, but I guess I'll do it. And then they're they like like you said, like they get up there and they just try and make fun of it and everything. It's like, who the fuck do you think you are? Like, oh, cool. You move to a big city and you have a, a podcast. Cool, man. Like, so does everybody else. <laughs> you know why all the people who, who don't do that are, are like are so good with that? Like, first of all, if they do make a comment about it, it's unique. Like, yeah. it's always an original thought. Yep. Um, Not, oh, look at the moose on the wall. Exactly, yeah. Um, or if, even if they do, it's, like, funny when they do it. It's, yeah. like, clearly not, like, hey, I'm just fucking... Hey. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, like, they all understand what this business really is, and they've all done... To act like you've not done those kinds of shows before is so insane. Yeah. Like... It's like, and you know, other comics are in the room. Like, like if you do the sometimes nog, almost exclusively. Yeah, sometimes it's just comics. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, if you're like, if you're if if you're doing a show, and you and you are acting like you only do clubs or something, and and then you've just graced this bar with yeah, your presence. It's like, you. what are you doing? Like, well, and that's the thing too is that anybody, and you know this, um, I know Brian knows this, Ziola, who we've had on the podcast, Marcus knows this, anybody I've had on here who's been doing it for a while knows all, and I know about it, like all those shitty shows in a bar where they won't turn the fucking TVs off and people are playing pool and stuff. Like, we've all done those shows. Yeah. So to get out there and act like you've never done a show like this before is fucking asinine. Yeah. yeah, I know it's 12 o'clock at night. Yeah, I know there's people playing pool way. And the cool thing about the Nog is the pool tables are on the other side of the bar. So you can't even – I've done shows there where the mic's gone out and it's not even – like the noise hasn't even affected me. Right. One, because I'm loud, but two, because like the comedy's done in a spot where it's like right there. Like they're right up on you. So it's super intimate, but like to act like, oh, what am I doing? Like, oh, fuck yourself. Yeah, it's like no one knows who you are, so you don't have to pretend like you're above it. Yeah, like that's I'm, a that's a fantastic way to put it. No I'm, one knows who you are, so don't. yeah, I'm more likely to have you know some some comic you you have heard of show up because they heard it was something cool. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like like Doug Stanhope came after one of his shows just to hang out because yeah. somebody was like, "Yeah, they do a show here." Like, and then he came and hung out at the bar. Yeah, like. They threw an impromptu mic, which he must have hated. I can only imagine. God, yeah. I was like, like, because I went home and they were, you know, and and then they told me they threw a mic. I was like, why would you? Do? He just got done. Yeah, working. Like, yeah, like, what are you? It's like that scene in Forgetting Sarah Marshall where they're like, come on stage, come on. He's like, I, it's like work to me. Yeah, <laughs> I don't really want to. <laughs> but yeah, like, uh, like it's just a silly thing to to go into places like that and, and yeah. act. But anyway, uh, yeah, we've had you know major. Uh, not major, you know, like, but we've had. Well, it all pretty... depends too. Like, I mean, some of those people that you mentioned are are big names in yeah. you know comedy circles and stuff. So it's not it's not something to like you know shrug your shoulders at. Yeah. But I wanted to talk a lot about the nog because I wanted to bring up the fact that it is a bar in like pretty much downtown Daytona. So does it ever get sketchy there? It, Have you ever bared witness? It at, exists in a state of sketchiness. That, okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, because I know some of the stories that you've talked about, and I don't want to burn, obviously, any of your material or anything, but there's some things that you've said that happened there that I, I can never tell if you're joking or if you're serious. Like, 
the ranch dressing and that's like real. That, that that happened. That's hundred percent real. Yeah. There's a, uh, now the shooting that was at uh, was that at the nog or was that at the bowling alley? The shooting was at the bowling alley. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. The, the very little. I, I've I've exaggerated some things here and there, obviously, because yeah. like you know we're storytelling and yeah, like, that's what we do being theatrical and whatnot. But like, yeah, I don't I don't think I don't think I have any straight up lies in any of my stuff. If they if they are, I've I've already convinced myself they're real, so it doesn't yeah. matter anyway. Well, that's the same but, thing. My girlfriend sometimes gets on me. She goes, you know, you could say this instead of that, and it'd probably be funnier. And I go, yeah, but that's not what happened. Yeah. So I'm like, eh. Depends on, depends on the deviation. Yeah, exactly. Know? So like with the scar story, I always do that 100% the truth. So when yeah. people ask me about it after, I can go, no, that's a 100% true story. But then there's other stories where I'll take like two or three stories and kind of merge them together because it's like, oh, these three different things happened and they kind of all happen in the same way. Right, so you just make so it I just kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the the joke I have about looking like a cop and the things, the lessons I learned from my DUIs, there's three different things in that. Those were three separate occasions that I was arrested. Right. But I'm not going to, that's tw- a 20 minute tale. Like yeah. I'm not going to do that. Yeah, like the the two bits that I do where I talk about the two weirdest open mic things yeah. that have happened. You know, the one guy screaming at the girl and then the one guy. Yeah, I forgot like, about that. Yeah. yeah. Well, I always tell it as I start with that guy screaming yeah. fuck you with the girl and then dropping the mic and then and then the, the, the ranch bit thing. Like, if I was to tell that in, like, real time of of how it happened, it would be the dude walked up on stage and said, you guys ever come? And then pulled out a bottle of ranch and squirted it. Yeah. Like, that's not funny. No. But the way that I tell it is a five-minute bit. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, hilarious. But didn't but, even get the right cap on it. You got the <laughs> yeah, and we'll see like that. Like I truly don't remember if that actually happened. No, that or not. happened. I, <laughs> that because it's hilarious. That happened. I mean, he 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 might have had. I I I distinctly remember clumps of ranch on the ground, and that's why I tell the joke that way. Yeah, I didn't actually get a look at the bottle. You know what I mean? But like, <laughs> but that's not funny. You know? You no, but that it's, it's the way you tell it's funny. So did you have you ever been? Because there's always jokes. I want to say jokes, but stories that people tell about, you know, doing drugs in the bathroom and smoking weed out on the back patio and stuff. So all that, that is the nog. That's why the nog is the nog. Yeah. Because it's just in a constant state of, which is so weird because I think, now tell me if this is the case with you. I think I romanticize the nog in my head because like when I first got back in and I started going down there with Brian and Marcus, like doing the hour and a half drive and like being out till two, three in the morning, hanging out, like doing the mic. The first like three times I, I went up there, I ate a huge dick because I'm like trying to do like, you know, like my very like, oh, the gym. Right. And everyone's like looking at me like, what the f- we don't even fucking what is a gym? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, totally. <laughs> Like trying to do jock stories and it's like three skater kids in the front and a bunch of comics in the back. I'm like, oh, you guys never played a sport in your life. Like, I don't know what I'm doing, but uh, it's or they have and they just don't care. Yeah, they, they, yeah. they just don't care. Yeah. That's, that's... Once you accept that that you're in a room full of the most apathetic, like like not not in terms of giving up, but but that they like most of them don't. Most of the people that hang out there don't really have any like like. Uh, aggressive attachment to anything. Yeah, that's true. And that's when you can kind of go like, oh, I can say that's what whatever. Ended up, so it was like the third or fourth time I went there and that's when the mic went out and you right. kept trying to fix it and it wasn't what, so I just handed it to you and I just screamed the scar story because I, I was like, I don't fucking care. And that was anymore. like one of your best sets. And right? that was, yeah, yeah. that murder. Yeah. And I was like, oh, so if you just 
like going go into it with the idea that like yeah it could go well or it could go really bad like i don't fucking care then it's like such a fun room because it's like oh i'm only up here for five minutes and then like then we're just hanging out for like three hours and i think also having to sell the bit without the mic for you on the, in that moment yeah definitely took away any kind of like 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 bombastic or not like any any sort of like ego you might have had trying to be like yeah so then like you know you always had that kind of defense up you just can't have it because you got to like scream yeah well that's the thing is when i saw it back because you recorded it um and then you put it up online and when i saw it back i was like that's the best way i've ever told that story yeah it made you more vulnerable. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, oh, that was perfect. And I did it on purpose. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was funny, too, because the people in the front row, when I first got into the story and the mic was working, I had mentioned like, oh, yeah, I played college football. And of course, no reaction. Nobody does. Like you do that in like a, a clubby setting or like in that kind of everyone's like, oh, what? That's fucking or like, do you guys like football? And everyone like cheers and everyone just looks up at me and I go, go, well, word. <laughs> yeah. And I'm yeah. like, I'm like, well, I'm, I'm looking at all of you. So I know you didn't play any sports but just go with me on this and that got kind of like a chuckle but then when the mic went out and like you said like i was completely vulnerable and i was like i'm fucking doing it like i don't give a shit then everyone like all of a sudden like started paying attention like people at the bar were like looking out because there's a dude screaming now because there's no microphone now there's stakes Yeah. yeah and so that was but that's the cool thing about the nog is that for all the shit that people talk about it it's like it's like i said it's like an institution and you are partly responsible for that. And you know who we got to give a lot of fucking credit to for this is Casey Crawford. Yeah. Casey Crawford, um, in, 20, in 2014, I was ready to quit doing this because we were doing, you know, once a month of the NOG still, but just doing um, like, or maybe we were up twice a month and I forget. I think it was still once a month. And okay. we, but we were doing, there was some more local once a month type things that would pop up. And yeah. Just, so we do all these random pop-up shows and every now and then you'd hear about some, some show somewhere and you'd go do that. Like, like it was very rare that you wouldn't be around town. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and then, um, when Casey started, he was just like, yeah, I'm going to go everywhere. Like, and, Oh, so it was Casey that Casey's the one that was like, He's because Casey has four kids. Yeah. Casey was like, yeah, I got a van. We can take as many people as can fit, you know, like who would want to. And it got, I mean, for probably about like a year, maybe more. I mean, we would go like they started asking us to like, they were like, hey, can you message us when you're going to come? Like, we can't just have five people, five, six people showing up and then having to deal with that on the list. Yeah. Like at first people were cool. And then they were like, hey, this is kind of getting to be a problem. (laughs) (laughs) So all the people were cool with. You know, they they were all like, "Hey, can you like message?" So, were you where were you guys going? Like Jacksonville, we, Orlando? Other, we we basically would split it up through the week. We'd go to other bar on Monday, or we'd and then the next week we'd go do uh, hot potato. Okay, uh, at, uh, at Rain Dogs, yeah. yeah. And then you know Tuesday, wherever there was a, a mic, we wow, so, so we just we'd alternate. Uh, and so any pre-sign up shows, we'd just be like, "Hey, is it cool if you know on this day we'd hit them up like three weeks ahead of time?" Yeah, and yeah, like. You know, and they'd be like, well, you got to kind of do like a whole Daytona crew running through. Yeah. I mean, we literally we made like a name for ourselves like that because we would literally just show up with like five killers. So is that when you met like uh, Buck and Crespo mm -hmm, and Christina and all them? Yeah. Okay. But it would be shout out to Casey and his band Virginity. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Great band. Listen to Virginity. They're on Spotify, iTunes, all this stuff. Yeah. He Um, posted those Spotify numbers. I was like, damn, they're blowing up. Yeah. Because it's like genuinely good. It's not like yeah. that friends band that you're just like, I like it because it's my friends. Like it's really fucking. Yeah. Good. Did he now? 
he because he's fantastic. I've done shows with him before. He's mm-hmm. hilarious. Did he start doing comedy and then get into the band, or has he always been in a band? He's always been in bands since he was. He, he played Warp Tour and he was like fifteen or something. Get the fuck out of yeah, here! Yeah, hundred percent. He's he's been in bands forever. Um, okay, so and then he just started doing comedy like as a fun it's, thing. It's really fun to have one of your best friends just be good at literally everything. Yeah, it's yeah, not annoying at all. I remember when I did the show with him at Cinematique. I was like. I was like, man, because at the time, you know, he, like you said, he's got four kids and stuff. And I knew you, obviously, from doing different shows in the area. But coming back in, I was like, I don't know this guy. Let's, and then he went up and I was like, God damn it, man. This guy's a fucking murderer. Yeah, dude. He's he is uh, he, even right from the jump. He was he was already a good writer, a good performer, yeah. but obviously got better and better. But like, yeah, I mean, it used to be it would just imagine it would be like me, Casey. Sean Began, damn, uh, Jack Napier, and like Marty, yeah, and we'd all like show up somewhere, and people would be like, "What the fuck is going on?" Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Jack's up there like, "I'm on drugs." Yeah, like I'm screaming I'm sober at people. As he's drinking a beer. I love it when he does that. That's my favorite thing. <laughs> I had to point out to him that that's funny at first because he legit. Well, because there's didn't that show at the Nog. Like, I thought I I thought I offended him because he kept talking about how he was sober, sober, and he meant sober from heroin. Yeah. And then, but he was drinking a Paps on yeah, stage. You're like, that's reserved. clean. These are different terms. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so I got on stage and I go, yeah, so I'm sober now. Not like Jack's sober. Like, I'm really sober. And the <laughs> comics in the back lost it. And I was like, oh, I hope he doesn't like it mad. Nice. At it. And then I went up and he was like, yeah, no, it was funny, man. It was real funny. And I was like, oh, thank God. So Casey saved you. Dude, thank yeah, I was, I was ready to quit. Um, I... I had done a guest spot for Scratch when he came back into town because yeah. uh, somebody had, uh, back when there was a whole war between this joke factory and bonkers, there was like a war of the clubs thing in Daytona. Like oh, if you God. did one, you couldn't do the other. But it's because joke factory like undercut bonkers and like stole the room from them. And then bonkers had to go find another room. Like oh, really? it was all this like, like that's totally... weird. When you think Daytona Beach, you don't think comedy war. Yeah, not at all. <laughs> I mean, it did lead Bonkers. It it led Bonkers to doing comedy at what it is now a strip club. So that's yeah. a fun little. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, oh, good, we found our way to being super Daytona again. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, the guy that was running that place, um, uh, he just he was a fucking dickhead back then. He's since we've kind of, you know, everything's chill now. But like at the time. Yeah, a lot of ego, a lot of you know, button heads and everything, yeah, yeah. and um, and that guy was sick that night, and a buddy of mine was uh, in charge, and he needed a guest spot, so yeah, he just hit so me you... up. So that's how I wound up doing my first like club guest spot. Okay, <clears throat> and then um, and then when I did that, I, it kind of reinvigorated me, but it also kind of sucked because I was like, Oh, I got to do this cool thing, but I have no idea how to like get in now. You yeah. Know what I mean, so I went back the next night and I did another guest spot and I was like, so I know I want to do this, but I'm not sure how to do it. And I was working a lot and it was just like the kind of thing where I, I just wasn't sure how to make all this happen. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and uh, yeah, Casey just, Casey was like, no, we're going out every night. And I didn't have any excuse on family or anything that I had to like be home and take care of. Yeah, and he yeah. did. And he was still going out. Yeah. I mean, it almost ruined his marriage, like comedy. <laughs> like he, I mean, it was rough. Like yeah. he, would, he was work all day back when he had a nine to five, he would work all day and then he would come home. Hey honey, I'm home. Eat. Let's eat. And then, all right, we're going. I'm talking, I'm not kidding. Like, like four or five nights a week for like a year. Damn. Yeah. Just Mike's. 
and then occasional paid shows, you know, and stuff. But like, and then someone shows up, it's near Nog, and they're like, "Hey, can I go up like third? I got to get out of here. I got in case." He's like, "Shut the no, you go last. How about that?" (laughs) Yeah, we're getting no. But yeah, we used to we used to work out how to do multiple shows in cities to make the most of it. Yeah, like like the Saturday uh, Saturday triple that you could do in Orlando, where you do Drunken Monkey. Shit sandwich, and then and then sluice. So you oh do god, yeah, three. So uh, two mics in a showcase. <clears throat> yeah, man, it was nuts. We just we went, we went hard for a long time. Did you um now in that experience? Because now you're a a relatively established comedian. Like you, like you said, you do tours, and you know if you show up to a place, it's like you know a lot of a lot of people in the circles that we run in know who Zach Bennett is, and like you just walk in with your big swinging dick. <laughs> And you're just like, hey, put me on the show. No. Is that uh, the experience you have now? No. <laughs> I, I mean, I haven't done comedy since fucking February. So. No, I know. but, but Dude, my last, you know what my last show was? My la- Okay, these are my last two shows. Don't say the Flamingo. I did a com- I did a, a mic at the Comedy Store, and then I came back. Oh, yeah, because you were in L.A. I yeah, forgot. I did a mic at the Comedy Store, and then I came back, and I did Andre's Room. In Palatka. At, in Palatka. Oh, and I think I did the Nog in between. So <laughs> my last three shows... God, we're like we're like L.A. Daytona Palatka, and that was the last show. We were supposed to have Mo Alexander come through. That was supposed to be our other yeah. big guy. We had Mo Alexander coming in the week the pandemic hit, and they started shutting everything down. Damn! So those were your last shows. Yeah. So yeah, I I, I mean I can't even honestly consider. I have no idea what people think of me or how I think of comedy right now. To be honest, but God, that's insane. Yeah, when you first told me you were gonna you were stopping for a while, I was kind of like, but wait. We we don't stop, and you go yeah, but there's a pandemic, and I was like, so, and you're like yeah, you fucking idiot. <laughs> I just it, who's it really for right now? Yeah, that's you know that's I mean? the point that you made to me, and I had to like immediately <clears throat> disregard that and be like, no, just keep going, keep going. Well, it, that's that's the thing. If you really feel like, and the other thing is, if it is just for you, that's fine too. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like as long as you're being smart and safe about it you know no, uh, for sure not, n- most of our friends in daytona are not yeah but see that, that's what we were talking about earlier is that whole like difference because like in like i said in jacksonville we did an outdoor show and it was like it was cold and it was rainy but it's like we're not putting all these people inside like, right we're staying spaced out outside like that's <laughs> yeah. what we're doing and it's it's like you said but then there are some people who just don't give a shit and it's like well now like what why why are you doing that yeah I mean, I'm I'm not a zealot about it or anything. I think that that's kind of absurd too. Yeah, because everybody will find a way to do the things they want to yeah, do. Yeah, for really. sure. You know what I mean? Like, like you'll have people say like, "Oh, you can't go do this," but then they find a way to go to like somebody's birthday. Like, it's yeah, everybody's gonna do some. Like the governor variation. in California shutting everything down, then going out to dinner for his birthday, not wearing a mask inside with like 50 people. <clears throat> yeah, that dude. Um, <laughs> that's a whole other level where it's yeah. like, so he should be held accountable. But this this whole thing where like people are like attacking each other about it, like I, I'm just personally not gonna do. Yeah, you know. Um, but yeah, when it's when it's safe and everything, I'll be back to it. I'm excited. Yeah. What do you um in all your travels and all the comedy you've done because you've toured all over the country? What are some of the the crazier things that you've done or seen as it relates to just the after hours after shows? Anything come to mind? Um, altercation fest. Okay. Um, See when when we were talking about the list earlier, this is when that would be cool. Oh, okay. I could sure, yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> but that's yeah. See, this is the thing. Like you, you. This goes back to the stand up thing. Like I okay. 
for certain guests, I can see why you would need it. But like, I know what the fuck I'm doing. No, you just true. ask me a question, and I know which thing is going to be the most entertaining. That's true. No, you have a point there. Because I've had guests on. I don't know if we talked about this. No, we didn't. Um, we talked about this before we turned the mics on. But anybody listening knows I've had guests on where we don't have a list or anything. And we're like, oh, we'll just go off the cuff. And it's like, what have I done? Right. Like, this was a terrible idea. Yeah. And then I have guests on where I'm like, Okay, like we know what we're going to talk about, and then we end up never even getting to it because, like you and I, like we're having a conversation about something, and then it's like, oh yeah, ex drinking buddy, what are some drinking stories? Well, people are are uh, people don't know that most comics are like not really that funny in their regular lives, oh my or God, they're or yeah. they're super socially awkward or don't know how to hold a conversation. I cannot. Like, I told you this. I drove to Tiernanog one time a couple months ago. I texted you. And I was like, hey, are they still doing it? And you're like, yeah. And I drove there. I didn't see any cars in the parking lot. I sat outside. But because you weren't there and you're like, I know you the best. And but because you weren't there, I was so awkward and like so uncomfortable. I drove home. <laughs> you didn't do the mic. I live an hour and a half away. <laughs> you didn't do I go drove all the way down here, <laughs> got into the parking lot. Yeah. And I was like, but like to what you're saying, it's like I'm super awkward, super yeah. like I get uncomfortable very quickly. And it's so weird because it's like, but then I get on stage and I, I'm very, like you said, bombastic and loud and aggressive. And it's like, you would never guess that as soon as I'm off stage, I like, if I don't know anybody there, I'll sit in a corner and like smoke cigarettes by myself. Like yeah. I don't, and I've got no problem doing that. So it's just, it's weird because sometimes I've, like you said, you've been doing it long enough. And like Marcus and Brian, they're all the same way. Like, it's like, oh, you don't like, we could just talk and it'll, it's going to be great. And then I've had people on where it's like, like I'll listen back to the episode and I was like, Really could have done a better job as a host. <laughs> I blame myself. Yeah, yeah, really, it's their fault, but I blame myself. It's better to over prepare, but don't feel like you have to stick to it. I guess yeah. would be the 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 overlong the lesson yeah. here. Uh, yeah. So you want me to fucking yeah, do it. <laughs> you want me to go ahead and do it? yeah. Uh, as far as comedy goes, yeah, Altercation Fest was probably the most badass experience. Where is um, that at? Uh, it's in Austin, Texas. Okay. Um, JT uh, runs that show, JT right? JT Habersat, a yeah. very funny comedian. He toured with Eddie Pepitone and opened for him. I got to meet Eddie Pepitone there. Oh, that's cool. Uh, got to, I made Eddie Pepitone laugh, and I can die now. That's, yeah, that's, that's fine. It. He was taking pictures with all the, the comics like outside, and uh, <laughs> and I walked up to him, and I was like, hey, uh, do you do you mind if because he was just like chilling talking to somebody i said would you mind if he goes he goes yeah i'd love nothing more that's it's what i came here for i said yeah you came here to take pictures with sad people is that <laughs> <laughs> so he laughed about that um i i was on a uh i did one of the shows that joe de rosa was a headliner oh that's cool and joey roses and he he watched my set and he was like hey, it was really funny man i was like oh damn oh dude it was fucking it was fucking nuts it's fucking nuts um jt like put a thing on the altercation fest thing that was like because i i did the first night so he yeah. was like he was like uh you know he's set of the night uh kicking off the festival uh first timer you know crushing it like this like like Aww. you're gonna be chasing the set or whatever to like the other people yeah like it was like a big deal for me it was that's like, awesome you know, to, when was this um that was last september okay <clears throat> so because that was the tour you guys had to cancel, correct? No, that's the one. We so we we went on that tour and then uh, came back, did a couple of Florida dates like South Florida, yeah, Pan, Panhandle, um, and then I went on tour with the Glorious Rebellion, 
and uh oh, I forgot. yeah, yeah so that, yeah. i i opened for <laughs> that would be the other yeah that that, that would sounds actually, like a wild ride opening for metal bands as a comedian was definitely the dumbest and funnest and weirdest thing did you ever get booed no i did have someone i did the blow your brains out bit and i had somebody uh say like my cousin died that way killed himself in front of his mama and i just wanted to be like well he stole my material so <laughs> i'm glad he's dead no um That's the <laughs> what time is this at all right yeah so anyway so he stole <laughs> my material yeah that was at a show and he deserves to die <laughs> 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 well you know what can you do you know um <laughs> no we're doing a show in mississippi and uh it was at some i mean dude i i really thought i'd seen all the dive bars but this place was just epic really they ripped all the seats out that went around the bar and they put in these boxes to elevate the floor up and then they put toilet toilet seats, seats. you did tell me about it was this. incredible it that's was a, insane yeah it was a, a they weren't functioning of, toilet seats though were they they actually had to tape them down so that people wouldn't oh uh, yeah use them. They, said they had problems with that yeah so. Dude, God. oh man, it's fucking wild. But yeah, um, <clears throat> that was the worst night of all. Um, but the best night was when um, a lot of the, so the the other bands that play, like the local bands, got super into it, you know, and they just thought it was something cool and different. So they like were super supportive, and oh, they that's would, cool. and uh, oh man, they loved to the blow your brains out. But they, yeah, yeah, we uh, the show we did in Baton Rouge, they were just like. I was like, name somebody. I did it like a metal show. I was like, name somebody you hate. And yeah. they're like, ah! <laughs> like, oh, dude, it was fucking, it was wild. I do love so. that. Bit. I've I've heard it a bunch of times, and still I get so excited when you start. As soon as I hear you start that opening line, I'm like, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> That's how you know that, like, there, find just... someone in the audience who's un like unsuspecting, yeah. like, oh, you're going to love this. I'm just not the person to be like, hey, tell me a joke. I'm like, I can't even begin to describe to I hate how so this much. isn't going to work. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, People at my restaurant do that all the time. They're always like, like, I've talked about this on the show before, but like some, I sometimes will try to work comedy into a conversation, like especially if I have a show coming up and they're locals. I'm like, yeah, you should check out the show. But uh, it's always, tell us a joke. Mm, nope. Doesn't, nope. Doesn't work that way. Tell you about how I used to be a masochist and I got all these scars, but you're trying to eat your dinner. I don't think this is going to work out. That's, yeah. <laughs> That's, you want to talk about my alcoholism? Right. I've been arrested eight times. You got five minutes. Yeah. Um, yeah that, that Usually, anytime I, 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 I trick them a little bit, I'll say how I tell them the joke is I say, like, I just can't tell you one of my jokes. I don't do jokes like that. And they're like, they're like no, come on. What do you got something? And so I, I, I here's how I'll explain how. I can't tell you a joke of mine. I, I like I'll I'll tell you the story of how I uh, declined my offer to audition for America's Got Talent. Somebody emailed me and said you should uh, apply for you know you should send in a clip. Mm -hmm. And I said I, I I'm not going to do it. it's a bad idea. And they said you know like what's what's the big deal? Just so, like like what's the worst that could happen? And like you you got a one liner right? You got something quick that you could just and I said well uh, okay so like uh, hey. Um, everybody likes a cream pie until they turn into people, right? <laughs> and then, like, that's not going to work. Yeah. And then, so... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Everyone likes a cream pie until they turn into people. I, But I, that's not even the... That's not even... See, this is how long it's been? That's not even the joke. I yeah. literally just had to throw that in just now. I just fucking forget. But anyway, so the... Yeah. So the point is I have to, like, throw in something about that just yeah. to say... Just to show them how... 
It's not my style. I sometimes know. will uh, take the opportunity. Like, if I tell you no twice and you're still going to like, no, come on, come on, come on. Then I'll do the heroin dick pic joke. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. You want to pr- you want to really prove your point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, all right, you want to hear it? I would never send dick pics. And then I send a dick pic to a girl. Luckily, that'll never get out because she overdosed on heroin two weeks later. And then everyone looks at me like, uh, you said you you told me you said three times. Tell us a joke. Now you have a joke. There you go. Uh, OK, so I know you're pressed for time. So uh, format wise, did you do you want to hear drug alcohol? Stuff? Yeah. OK, but what kind it. of time we got? What are we looking at? Uh, I'll yeah, keep we got format. I'm good. <laughs> we got plenty of time. OK. I've, yeah. We got. We still have 30 more minutes if we're going to push it all the way to the wire. Okay. All right. Yeah. So we can hold off. I don't know. Whatever no, no, you do want to do. Okay. <laughs> we got to, we got to, yeah. Cause yeah. I love, especially with someone like you who's been doing it for a long time, I love to just sit and talk comedy and talk shit about stuff like that. But I know we got to stick to the, the show format. <laughs> so we got to have, I, last week I did it with Trevor Johnson and we didn't get into like a drinking story until like the last. Yeah. Like three minutes. Like, yeah. And it was one story at the very end. <laughs> my buddy who listens called or texted me. He goes, the fuck was that? <laughs> I was like, what? You just talk comedy for an hour and 20 minutes. Yeah. And then you had one drinking story at the end. I'm like, yeah, this is what we like to talk about. Here's here's the thing. They're not wrong. Comedy. No, I know. <laughs> comedy is so fucking dumb. It is. It really like it's it's what we enjoy. Yeah. You know what I mean? But like, but it's, I mean, it's. It's like talking sports to someone who doesn't watch sports. It's like they're just kind of like, okay, and yeah. I lived with a bunch of friends, and uh, and like when they were all in a fantasy league together, and it's all they were. I would just pray for football season to end. Yeah, we'd go like disc golfing together, which is the whitest sentence I've ever said. (laughs) And and I would be like just miserable. Like it was just another place for them to talk. I'm like, can we fucking hang out? Yeah. And they're like, just they got their phones out, looking at their like scores and stuff. And stuff like, yeah. So I under I do understand when people say that, but it's it's the, probably the most difficult thing that I have as a host and something I need to get better at is when I get around people that I enjoy their company and I like talking about comedy. Yeah. Then it's kind of hard for me to be like, no, let's talk about something else. Like, right. Yeah. It's like, no, tell me more about Altercation Fest. What happened at the Nog? Is that a true story? <laughs> you're, well, you're still at a at a point where you enjoy this, which is good. Yeah. Because it, it, you know, eventually you'll be like, you'll, you'll, you just like, I, I'll be honest with you. Part of the reason why I'm so comfortable with doing this is because I've done this a lot. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like, and not in that like, oh, I've done, I, I just mean that like. You've only got you've got a finite number of good stories, much yeah. like your regular life. Like if you're gonna tell like a story about your youth, you've got your go tos. You know, what yeah, I mean? oh, yeah, like because yeah. because most of the time shit's boring. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like the majority of shows and stuff that we do. Like if you were just to be like, hey, what happened at this show? You'd be like, well, I showed up and um, no one was prepared, and uh, we started 20 minutes late, and uh, the audience was not that great, pretty light. Um, <clears throat> Uh, I did okay, you know, and then yeah. I drove an hour and a half home. <laughs> like that's not, yeah, that's, yeah. Everyone's like, oh wow, that's not riveting. <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh, that's and that's the norm, huh? Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> like because people always think that, like, when they hear you do comedy, they always think like the first thing is just like, oh wow, that must be so because they instantly think of like Netflix people in a theater, yeah, or comedy like Comedy Central presents, or like um, 
like New York clubs. Like, yeah, you know, people sitting around with little packed like, rooms and little uh, candle on the table. Yeah, and like and you're like, that's not that's not what we do. Yeah. Anyway, I, I I'm amazed people come to sh- like I look at comedy flyers, and I'm like, I, who saw this and went, all right. <laughs> like <laughs> I never thought I mean, about that. I mean, they're hideous. They're they're really disgusting. I know like, they're I'm poorly so made. Uh, they're not good. They're sh- and, like jammed together, it looks very no like, border on the fonts. You're yeah, just like just like just like pastel on like pastel pink on like blue, and you're just like who I can't did even, this? I can't even read this. I wouldn't know how to find the show if it was appetizing. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like if I was like God, I, I didn't go. even think about that, but that's so true. There's so <laughs> many flyers that I've been on where I'm like. This is not good. And you see these lineups, you're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> is someone going to fix this? Like, <laughs> you forget somebody? Did you have a headliner? Like, did you forget somebody? <laughs> <laughs> did you want to bring in anybody who knows what they're doing at all? Like, can you imagine that if you did them like sports lineups? <laughs> you're like, hey, who's playing? And you just like name all the like third and fourth string people. And it's like, did you want a quarterback for this game? <laughs> It's a bunch of backups. <laughs> and you don't even have a quarterback. <laughs> it's a bunch of yeah, it's a b- bunch of backup linemen and no quarterback and you're like, "Well, this is going to This go is going to work. It. Yeah. We're going to win this game." And then you're like, "Who's on the other team?" You're like, "Same thing." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's brutal. God, comedy. Comedy. Um, <laughs> comedy. Uh okay, yeah. So, um anyway, I'll I'll get into the so it's not a great transition, but I don't think it really. You no, know, it doesn't. Doesn't matter. No, no, nobody. Um, so I, I think we've talked about this. Is that uh, I was like raised in AA. Have we talked? Yes, about that? yes, yeah. we have. Yeah, my parents. My parents actually met in AA, and like got married, had me. Like they literally like turned their lives around. <laughs> like I got so fucking lucky. I was literally like. I was like a year away from like if they if they had met somewhere else like and not got, gotten their shit together I'd yeah. probably be a if they very had they had met person. a year or two prior you yeah if they like met in a bar instead of in an AA club oh like, god God knows what the fuck I'd be like you know that'd be interesting yeah it'd be really interesting that's a fun little yeah a little butterfly effect thing yeah uh, but yeah so I was lucky enough to. Um, kind of, they had both hit like the bottom of the, the, you know, the end of the road, bottom yeah. of their barrel, whatever. That's not the right phrase. You know Rock what I'm bottom. Rock bottom. Thank you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like I was, I grew up in a, I literally thought that everybody didn't drink until I, like, I remember like when I was like nine or 10 being at a friend's house and seeing their dad drink and I was like, Oh my God. Like I went home. I was like, did you know that? Like, did you like, know so-and-so's dad? Yeah. Like I, well, all and. It sounds weird to people, but when you think about that, like my entire childhood revolved around AA because it's yeah. like it really is like at its worst, it's like a cult, and at its best, it's a support group, you know. Yeah. And you tend to, and it, it, you have to change your lifestyle a lot of times, you know, if you're someone who is really trying to stop whatever. You yeah, know. if you really want to change, because that's what happened to me is I went in to rehab in 2013, and I didn't get sober, like sober, sober yeah. until. 2018 right because it's it's very like you can get living in a halfway house and being in a rehab you can get kind of like no i'm gonna be sober for the rest of my life like i'm gonna do this and then once you move out of the halfway house and you get your own place and then you're 25 you're like i overreacted 
Yeah, I'm good. It's actually easier you, in the halfway house. Yeah. <laughs> to well, stay sober because you're like, yeah. you're held accountable. Yeah. And it's right. one of those things, too, where it's like, if you don't change your lifestyle or your thinking, and this is just my experience, which you know from being raised around it, but like, if you don't switch that, then you're not changing anything. Right. As soon as you get out of that environment where it's like, oh, if I drink, I'm going to get kicked out and be homeless. So I just won't drink right now. Well, as soon as you're out of that environment, it's like, well, fuck it. Yeah. So that's why. And I talked about it on episode six of the show was the last time I drank was happenstance. I had a friend in town who found me and rushed me to the ER. And then that's when I was kind of like, yeah, I don't think I can keep doing this. Yeah. Like something like this isn't going to work. Well, a lot of people don't don't realize even even though your friends might not mean it in a negative way, they they don't have the same mindset as you about it. Yeah. So they're going to still be the same them. So like, I mean, there's people that have had to, you know, literally cut off other people from their lives because they're not willing to support them, you know, in yeah. that, in that journey. You know, if you, if the person, <clears throat> if the person you hang out with most is like drinking all the time, you know, they're going to want you to drink with them. It's just the way yeah. it is, you know? And if you're like, hey, my whole life fell apart and, uh, and it well, has that's been the cool for a thing, long time. Because you know? I've had Savannah, my girlfriend on this podcast, and she drinks wine, which is works out for me because I was never a wine drinker. But when we first started even talk, like, you know, I make my sobriety very well known. Like, you know, I, I talk about it on stage, you know, and I, I, anybody who knows me, you know, longer than an hour knows that I don't, I'm sober. So it's funny because she knew that when we first started dating and she was like, well, I drink wine. And if that's an issue for you, then this obviously isn't going to work. And it was never an issue for me. But she's I think one time maybe she's mentioned like, oh, that would be kind of cool if we could like sit outside and like have a drink together like once in the three years we've been together. So it's like like you said, it's one of those things where it's like nobody in my life, especially people close to me, would ever let me come within 100 yards of a drink willingly because they saw what happened. Yeah. And they see what continues to happen when I do that stuff. So it's like, like if I meet people, like you said, and they're like, come on, let's, let's just do one. Just to, I'm like, you're out of your fucking mind. Yeah. Like I'm leaving. And and that was the thing about, my, I mean, my parents, like my dad was like, basically like his, his dad was an alcoholic brick mason that like went around wherever work was. So he was yeah. just never home. And okay. when he was, he was just a drunk, abusive dude. Yeah. And then, uh, the good old days. and then, yeah, you know how it was. <laughs> Probably had, I think he had like three other families or something. You know how you used to be able to do that <laughs> before social media. Yeah, apparently people are still trying it. It was just fucking wild. It's like, damn, dude, that's okay. ballsy. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, his his mom was you know schizophrenic and like in and out of mental institutions. So he just was. I mean, him and his little sister were just always at home on their own, on their own, and like raised by their elderly great aunt half the time. Like my dad grew up hustling pool and selling drugs. That's like how he survived until he was old enough to get a regular job. And by that point, he had already been doing all this illegal shit. What's why would you get a regular job? Yeah, so he was just like, well, fuck it. So that was like how he started off, and he, he, you know, he'd done construction and tried to clean his life up, and then gone back to it and all this stuff, and. My mom had like lived this crazy life. Like she was married to a hell's angel at one point. And, what? Like, yeah. So, but both of them became when they got sober together. They both became. They took turns going to school and taking care of me, and they both got their degrees in uh, drug and alcohol addiction. Like back when there was only a two year degree, and it was yeah. like a social work degree with specified. Like there wasn't any real like what you can get now, like master's degree. Yeah. Now that. it's now rehabs and stuff have blown up to the point where it's it's a mm-hmm. cottage industry. Like right. you can. You can go get a you know a doctorate in alcohol counseling and yeah. stuff. And so they, you know, 
they they raised me in an environment that was that revolved around AA and everything. You said just was the way it was. Like all the picnics, all the stuff, yeah. like and all I, the get-togethers. Yeah, yeah. And when you're a kid, you don't know that. You're just yeah. like, oh, like that's I, Uncle Bob. Yeah, right. Exactly. That's that's the group of people. So yeah. like, I, I had a very different upbringing than a lot of people because that's of that. Insane. I think. Yeah, because yeah. I I grew up around people who drank. Right. So it's so weird. To and think, most people like, do. Yeah. It's like the common yeah, it's experience. The common, yeah. It's, yeah. So it's so weird to think like I could just see like coming home being like, do you know Kyle's dad had a beer? Like, my, my uncle what? used to have a beer every now and then like on my mom's side and yeah. I'd see him and I'd be like, is, is he going to be okay? And she'd be like, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> so well, that was a little. Because I know you have drank before, correct? Yeah. You've never, you because I've had met people who are like, no, never touched the stuff. Both my parents were alcoholics, so I just never... And I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. Like, it destroyed their lives. Aren't you curious as to how awesome this elixir is? <laughs> but That's uh, one way to look at it. Yeah, right? Isn't that how everybody looks at it? It's got to be so good if people are yeah. willing to destroy themselves for it. Um, yeah, I... I um, Have you ever gotten, like, like fucked up? Yeah, well, okay, so when I was a kid... You know, when I was a teenager, I did the whole skater punk thing. You know, yeah. that's just like... Were you straight edge skater punk guy? No, no. Um, that wasn't even a thing. <laughs> You're a little think. older than me. I, yeah. I mean, there, straight edge was a thing, but not like... I mean... It, I knew a lot of punk kids that were straight edge. <clears throat> yeah. No, I hung out with like my, my older cousin and uh, some of his friends, and they they like got me into skating. And I, it was like the first time I've ever felt like it was something I was like really good at. Okay. Like I, I, I got into... Um, I, I, I did a little bit of BMX, a little bit of skateboarding and, uh, and inline. And so I just, you know, typical nineties kid and all the extreme sports stuff. But I was actually like, I was like a, I was like a very low level. Me and my best friend were like sponsored inline skaters. Really? Yeah. We were, we were, I used to, we were part of of it. Yeah. Yeah. We were team thrown twos, baby. <laughs> you, do you have thrown? What did you say? I had a team thrown twos. Team thrown twos. Okay, yeah. I had K twos. Backyard bobs. Yeah, all those K twos like, were the go to for a lot of people. Um, Solomon's. You know. <laughs> what do you know Hans. about skating, dude? You I know was, Braxton. Yeah, yeah. Braxton Martin. Braxton Martin. Shout yeah. out. Yeah, me and him played in a band together. Get out of here. Yeah, yeah. When he was like fifteen, he played. We played a county fair together in this terrible band. <laughs> um, a lot of fun. Shout out Braxton. He's a cool dude. Yeah, he's still he's still tearing it up. It's man. amazing how Braxton knows literally everyone. Um, this is such. Well, proof I grew up with that. him. We went to middle school together. Oh no shit. Yeah, and dude, then his so best funny. friend was uh, Taylor Rizzo, who I played soccer with when I was like a little kid. And then we grew up, and then Taylor moved out to L.A. Now is the producer, I think, on uh, Doug uh, Doug Loves Movies yeah. podcast. Oh, that's awesome, dude. I almost said Doug Stanhope because we were talking about Doug Stanhope yeah. earlier. Doug Benson. He works with Doug Benson That's now. fucking wild. Man. But it's such a, like, a small world. And then yeah. Braxton's still out there skating, tearing it up. Dude, yeah, he's had like, his spleen removed and shit. He's like the Dave Mira of skating. Just, yeah. Like, had, he's... Like, everything to... Well, my, my <laughs> I saw, he, like, Don't We're do in our 30s now. Yeah, and he's like posting, like just shredding. I'm like, all right, man. I I think I the last time I tried it, I had like turned thirty, and I like, I I had a, a pair of skates that I had bought <clears throat> way back, and they just kind of were like sitting around. And man, I mean, I skated one day, and I just felt like I got hit by a truck. I was like, <laughs> no. No, it's not for me. This guy's still falling over on concrete. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, dude, he's fucking nuts. Oh, um, so you uh, were so, a skater punk. Yeah, so, you know, just growing up, 
like that, you know, it just comes with the territory at some point. You know, I started when I was like, I had always like done all that stuff when I was little, but like getting to be about 12 or 13 was when I got hanging out with my older cousin and all them. And so they, you know, they wanted to like drink and smoke on the weekends and be, yeah, beat the cool kids. Rebellious. Yeah. So. Yeah, the the my first experience with it was them lying about what Long Island iced tea was, you know, <laughs> and like having the pre mixed five five and one drink oh, without yeah, yeah. without anything in it, and so it's just straight liquor. Yeah, uh, so that was the first alcohol that I'd had. Oh that. man, that's rough. Yeah, and then we drank Old Milwaukee. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then they were like, "We're gonna go out on the paddle boat," and we went out on the paddle boat with a cooler and. Uh, paddle boat was too heavy and they were saying they were gonna throw me out instead of the beer um so uh and then they all wanted to go skating drunk and i was like this all is terrible this is the worst yeah that was my first that that was my introduction was that like a uh did that become like a weekly occurrence (laughs) or a monthly occurrence or was it just that one time uh for me it was I would only do that kind of stuff whenever I knew that I could like stay the weekend at somebody's house. Okay. Cause I was hyper paranoid that my mom, I was like, well, she's an expert. Yeah. <laughs> like, like literally. She, yeah. She did wild shit and she will immediately just know. Yeah. I was very paranoid. That's about how it, my so. mom is. I could do one shot. As soon as she hears my voice on the phone, she's like, you've been drinking again. Yeah. I'm like, how the fuck? <laughs> I could go into work and work like a seven hour shift half in the bag. Nobody notices. Yeah. And the, well, I'm sure they notice. I just don't think they notice, but do one shot. And I talked to my mom on the phone. She's like, you're drinking. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. I'm not, um, I, I never liked it when I was younger. I never liked the feeling of it. I'm a control freak. Like I yeah. don't like being out of control of myself. Um, and also, like, people also don't, like, take into account, like, what it's like to, like, be eight and hear somebody be like, <laughs> like, yeah, I've ruined my life. I lost my kids. <laughs> and, like, you're just sitting in an AA meeting. Like, That's true, because all the stories that I have from AA I got when I was older, obviously, because yeah. I was never, I didn't even really know. Like, I knew about it from movies and TV, I think, but I didn't know about it yeah. until I was in it. So I couldn't imagine being a little kid here in like Yeah, if my dad couldn't get a sitter, he would just make me sit through a meeting with him. Yeah. So like, because he would get me for the weekend, and then he'd be like, he would try to get somebody to watch me or something, or or what he did the majority of the time, which is over at Foot Court. You ever been to Foot Court mm-hmm. in, uh, in Daytona? It's on uh, MLK in Washington. Okay. And, uh, in the early '90s, that was a real fun neighborhood. Um, oh yeah. You know, crack boom still yeah. wind, winding down, and uh, crack yeah. boom winding down, and it's just me and another kid. That, that it was like my best friend at the time because we would always have to be at these meetings. Yeah. And we would just it'd be like, all right, go play. And just be running around MLK, just like. Sin City. Like, uh, dude, it was fucking ridiculous. But yeah, anytime that they were like, if it was at nighttime, though, they wouldn't let me. So if it was a nighttime meeting, I'd have to sit in there. So yeah. like, I, yeah. So you're eight, nine years old hearing stories about like. Oh, yeah. People crashing talking, cars, wife's leaving. People talking about, you know, sucking dick for, yeah. for heroin and shit. Like, because he would take me to NA meetings too. And okay. I mean, they would, a lot of times, you know, the NAA spillover, yeah, but like. It's all based on the same <clears> thing. Yeah, it, it was, it was wild. But like, so that stuff was always in the back of my mind. Yeah. So, but I, but I also wanted to be, I didn't want them to not think I was cool. Yeah. <laughs> so of I'd be like, so I, I only did it a little bit, you know, when I was younger, but I, anytime where I felt like I had to, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like I stuck I, between a rock and a hard place kind of thing. Like, yeah. oh, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and you know, I was young and very low tolerance. I would just, you know, immediately be like, <laughs> so, um, there you guess. And then the first time I smoked weed, 
<clears throat> I've told that story on stage before where um, I went surfing at the Sungalow Pier, which is off of, like, Daytona Beach Shores. And yeah. we had to, like, it's so funny, like, thinking about how, like, Tom Segura's got that bit talking about, like, what it's going to be like to explain to your kids now that weed's legal. Yeah. You know, he's like, well, daddy used to have to get go out with a stranger and then drive like that whole thing. Like tells a story about the lady answering the door with a shotgun. Yeah. So, yeah, I think this will be definitely like one of those things. Like we had to like, well, we were, <laughs> I was 13 and we, we had to go into this little, there was a little patch of woods that all the surfers, cause you couldn't smoke on the beach. unless yeah. You had like something you could hide real easy or whatever, but like, like all the like younger kids would like go to like there'd be you know beer cans back there and stuff there's a little patch of woods across the street Mm -hmm. from the beach so we'd like walk over there and so the first time i ever smoked we'd like we all sat in a circle you know and we're back there and like carried our boards over there and like pass around a bowl and then so uh i just remember being like oh i don't I don't feel anything. And they're like, oh, yeah, that happens sometimes, you know. It's just yeah. the way it is. And as soon as we stood up, I just felt like I got hit with a ton of bricks. I was like, whoa. <laughs> <sighs> like, I mean, it, I, can't, I can't move. It fucking it kicked my ass. I was just like, no. And then, um, I mean, the incline for the street that you had to walk back up, I mean, the incline is fucking minute. But I was, like, just so overdramatic. I was like, I can't. You got. I had somebody else carried my guys, board. Oh, like, really? Yeah, I was on like my hands, like <laughs> it's like not even a forty-five degree angle. I'm like, no, it's a mountain. <laughs> it's a concrete mountain. It's a mountain. And then um, my mom had given me ten bucks for like to go to the store for snacks or whatever. Yeah. And so we walked down to Seven Eleven. We went in there. You know, eyes are all bloodshot and everything. And what, I'm not kidding. This is such a '90s sound. Of the, I got ten dollars worth of donuts and Mountain Dew, and then I put it on the counter. And uh, the guy looks at us and he goes, oh, you work up a big sweat surfing. And he like gave, <laughs> gave you a wink and a nod. Yeah. And then I went and nobody like told me that like you can't swallow yeah. when you're smoking. Like if you swallow. Dry mouth and all that. And, um, and I, I guess I had swallowed some smoke and it was like still, we had like just smoked. So it was like right there. Yeah. And I just felt a burp and I went, and this cloud of smoke just like came out of my mouth. <laughs> and it like went into his face and the guy was like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> so. Did you get the donuts? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, we paid him. Yeah. And then my friend <laughs> out loud goes, I think he knows. Like, <laughs> we have to go now. So, and then they all went, so, like, they were like, we're going surfing. I was like, I'll die. I will die. <laughs> Not doing it. I laid on the beach for, I don't know, two hours or whatever while they surfed and just, I had no idea they were, it was even that amount of time. Yeah. I can't, I can't. I, I mean, obviously I don't, I wouldn't now, but in college, my roommate was huge smoker. And that was his thing. And then I was the drinker. Like, so like, like, obviously I played football, but like in the off season, when I stopped playing, like I, everyone like who wanted to like drink and rage would come, like we would all hang out. And then if they wanted to get high and just chill, they'd hang out with him. And it was such a like dichotomy because it was yeah. like, it's like an odd couple thing. But I know a couple of times he would try to, he would get me to smoke with him. And I just was like, I don't like what you were saying about drinking and being out of control. That's how I felt when I smoked. I was like, I don't like this at all. Yeah. Well, that's what. See, the first time I thought it was just because of being out, like, oh, I need to not be out when I do it, that kind yeah. of thing. Like, it was, like, too stressful for me. <clears throat> and also, it was the first time and all that. So, I thought maybe that's what it was. And I had smoked a couple times after that, and I just was anxious the whole time. Yeah, and that's like, what happens to me. I get yeah. super anxious, because I'm already anxious. And yeah. I get, like, way more anxious and paranoid. Like, I have to be, like, in a room by myself, like, watching TV or something. And, right. like, that's the only time I'm comfortable. And even then, I'm like, I don't like this. Yeah, that's me sober. But, <laughs> just all the time yeah but yeah so like for me it was definitely like just a thing where like i just knew 
you know, I, I, I'd done it a few more times after that. And I was just like, dude, I, I cannot, this is not for me, you know? Plus it's so. so much fun watching other people that are fucked up. Yeah. Cause that's, that's where I get some of my material from. It's just like, Oh, I'm just going to watch this asshole. Oh yeah. I mean the amount of material I have from hanging out with Jack is like, yeah, that's an unbelievable amount. Jack. You need to have Jack on your show at some point. I will. That would be wow. You know, <laughs> you're like, show back hey, you got these stories. You got these stories. Jack's like, yeah, this chick died in front of me. I'm like, all right, well, <laughs> here we go. That's a lot. Well, it's funny because I told you before the mics got out. I was like, yeah, it's weird. Like I've had people on talk about getting arrested a bunch. And then I've had people on where they're like, yeah, one time, you know, like Trevor was talking about the first time he blacked out. And I was like, all right, here we go. He's like, yeah, I just drank a lot. And then I got in the car. And when I opened my eyes, we were 45 minutes away. And I was like, all right, cool. Jesus. But he had he had some he had a really funny story about Kyle Kinane. I don't know if you saw the clip about how he got drunk and fanboyed out on Kyle Kinane when he did a show in Jacksonville. <laughs> that was hilarious. But like I said, it's all it's all over the map. Like I have certain things that have happened to me where I, you know, I tell people and they're like, no, no way. And it's like, yeah, it's not. I'm not proud of it. But that that happened. <laughs> <laughs> That's. That's another part of that coming from that world. Like, yeah. like I hear about like people tell me these stories. I'm like, and then did you lose your kids? They're like, no, I don't have any. I'm like, pussy. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, <All> right. <laughs> this is fun, man. Yeah, man. When you is... get when you're coming back into it, once everything's safe, we're gonna have you back on so we can talk more comedy. Okay, yeah. I need to. So I need you guys to... can all suck it not wanting to hear about comedy. <laughs> I need to write more. I need to actually. Have you done any writing? During the <laughs> no, no, no yeah. not one word. No, I tried to write a little bit when bars were starting to reopen before they did like the re shutdown and yeah. then reopened again. Like at one point, I was like, I need to try and write something. I just, it was, I mean, I beyond abysmal. <laughs> I like wrote down a sentence and went, ugh. <laughs> I don't so. even... I don't even remember how to do this. Yeah. Oh, man. We'll plug everything one more time, especially your clothing brand, because I really enjoy it. Go to Tiernan Aug Irish Pub. Enjoy the last laugh. Follow them on Facebook and stuff uh, if you're in Daytona area. If you're not, then who cares? Um, Immaculatrash.com. Boom. Immaculatrash.com. Buy, buy something. Don't buy something. doesn't matter. No, buy something. It does buy matter. Buy something. You're very bad at self-promotion. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing look d- d- let's not pretend like i'm you came to the place where i'm doing manual labor that's to true. do a podcast i did with me, and i that's did so this is fun and we're gonna have uh rob on tomorrow which yeah. y- you guys will all hear in the the universe of the internet in a couple of weeks you yep. thank you so much everybody for joining us again i'm brennan tassif check out the website brennantcomedy.com for all my upcoming dates brennantcomedy on all social media My guest today, Zach motherfucking Bennett.